It's the strangest thing. I was sitting on my balcony just now. It's a warm Sunday autumn afternoon. I'm trying to think of a story. A room to visit. A question to answer. I've been looking for it for over a day now. But nothing came. So I thought, well... I might as well enjoy getting lost for a little bit. I was looking out at the trees, noticing that the very tips of their highest branches are red. Then they fade quickly to orange and yellow and are mostly green, like they've just been gently dipped in blood. I know soon all the leaves will turn red, only briefly before they fall away and die. But in that brief moment, they'll make the world a color so deep and so vital. And I can't wait for that. As I sat there, a ladybug landed on the railing in front of me. I haven't seen one of these in a while. It occurs to me that, oh right, this is an autumn bug. But then I wonder how I ever learned that. Or if I've ever said that before. I don't think I ever heard it. It's just, yeah, this is an autumn bug, I remember. I've seen fewer and fewer of them each passing year. Another ladybug lands on the railing beside the first. Well, this one must be a baby because it has no spots. Is that true? Did someone ever tell me that? Maybe I'm completely wrong, I just assumed that I knew that for whatever reason. A third ladybug lands on the railing. There's a lot of them now. Another flies over my head, going to another balcony. That's a lot of ladybugs, I say out loud to no one. I think of this as a blessing. I seem to remember someone telling me they're supposed to be good luck. But when I remember it, they say it, they're saying it kind of like this. Hey, isn't there like a thing about ladybugs, aren't they good luck or something? Yeah, something like that, I think so, but I don't know who told me that. We don't really need to worry about ladybugs. They don't hurt us much. They don't take too much space in our homes. They can be around, but we don't mind. We even have a little sadness when we find a dead one. Maybe that's why we know so little about them. Because they don't ask too much from us, and their bright red color cheers us and they don't really last past autumn anyway. What a gentle little thing. Just wants to enjoy a little time in the autumn, and then go away.
See you next year. I'm sitting here, enjoying all of this. A very blue sky. It's almost too warm out. Birds are singing. Kids are laughing. It's a very Sunday kind of a Sunday. Then, suddenly... It all turns black as soon as the balcony stops. There is no sky. There are no trees. No birds, no kids, no sun, no moon, no stars, no ladybugs. It's just empty. And I hear a strange humming coming from behind me. Inside the apartment, where sits my laptop, open, with episode 211, the orbuculum, open with no words written but the title yet. It's in the middle of the table, but sitting right in front of it, between where I would sit and the computer, is a small crystal ball on a dainty little pewter stand. I've had it forever. I wanted a crystal ball when I was about 18, and this was the biggest one I could afford. It's about the size of a bouncing rubber ball. It has several flaws inside of it. Little cracks and chips. I wonder if I caused a couple when I was careless with it once or twice. But it stayed with me all of this time. Whatever I believe about crystals or scrying is one thing, but I find it is only natural to have a connection to a thing I wanted so badly and kept close to me for about, I don't know, 15 years. When I came to write a story... Frightened by the prospect of nothing, no ideas, no story, nothing, nothing, nothing. I saw the crystal ball shimmer on my shelf in the bright sun this morning, and I thought, well, I haven't done one about one of those yet. And there it was. I looked up the fancy word for crystal ball. Turns out it's a very beautiful word. Of course it is. That will buy me time. But the thing is, a crystal ball is just something you ask questions of. If I have no question, why should I expect it to show me anything? Just come here. I hear a voice whisper. And suddenly, everything but the chair and the computer and the table is dark. And of course, that crystal ball. It seems much bigger now, somehow. It hums louder still, and I can swear it's glowing a sort of soft, pale purple. 
nowhere else to go. That's it. Sit down. I do. Asking, asking, asking. It whispers. This must be the asking room. Pale purple candlelight glows into existence all around me. Revealing a room with beautiful things, magical things, crystals and stones and seashells that end in points, hung from the most delicate of silver and gold chains dangling from the ceiling, each making circles, but not because of some breeze, there is no breeze here. They are swirling round and round and round in different directions, each one answering a different question, coming to their conclusions on and off by swaying north-south or east-west. They think and they think and they answer and they answer on and off, on and off, sometimes clinking against one another. There is a mirror on the wall, Of course there is, though one would be cautioned against staring into it for too long. I have met more than one witch who said to beware of mirrors and not to dwell too long there. Don't dabble in mirror magic. You know how I've failed to obey that. But that is another story for 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 another story, story, maybe. Maybe. But what I wonder is, if it is not a tool for divination, for scrying, for insight, for magic, if it is only a device of our vanity and ego, then why is it here? There are a few corner tables with decks of tarot cards and oracle decks. There are tiny bags filled with things like pebbles, runes, bones. All answering things. Things for questions. But I have no question. Yes, you do. Do I? The lights dim once more, and the crystal ball glows a little more brightly to make up for it. Now it seems as though it's the size of a human head, though I'm certain that can't be right. I stare into it, and I try to form a question. But then I think to myself, maybe I have nothing to ask, because we already know. At that moment, inside the crystal ball, there is a skull quite clearly. Maybe it's the flaws, the cracks in the stone making it look like that. But maybe that's the point of them. Grinning at me, I see, superimposed on the skull, a face. Human, I think. It is floating just over the skull as though the two are never quite in rhythm. They're just existing close to one another. 
the face and the bones behind it, beneath it. The face is sometimes young, sometimes old, sometimes lovely, sometimes frightening. But no matter what, like the skeleton behind it, it, too, is smiling. I don't know who it is. They are utterly familiar, and yet completely unknown to me. They keep changing, and yet the knowing in those eye sockets and in that big smile remains the same. The spark, that knowing of itself, stays the same. They say nothing. They're just there. I don't think it's my face, but then again, what is that? I was on my balcony, but now I'm in this castle. My face is quite unknowable here. Even in mirrors, it's different every time. Not unfamiliar, just different. Like this face looking at me now, and the skull behind it. I watch them for some time, but am distracted, because out the window the sunset has appeared from the blackness. Thank heavens. Trees, city, clouds, orange, purple, blues, the peak of stars here and there. All back. But the more I watch it, the more I see that sometimes the emptiness flickers back. Rich like velvet, profound as a bottomless pit. But the skyline comes back, too. Like a radio switching back and forth between two different stations, picking up on different frequencies. I can see the one and the other at the same time. The table with my computer and my crystal ball returns to my awareness, and the apartment is, for the most part, just as it was. Wasn't I in a castle just now? The balcony is there with that lovely sunset. I glance down at the crystal ball which I'm holding between my index finger and thumb. A general no-no, I've been told, but I will make my own rules when it comes to my own magic, just as with my mirrors. It is tiny again, this crystal ball, and in it now, I see. I think. It looks like some creature on two legs, thin and long and gaunt, with two great black wings spread out on either side of him. Of course it does. <laughs> I can never picture his face. I try, but I can't remember it. Even when I look at it, it is obscured. And this time, 
when the skyline flickers quickly to empty blackness again. There he is, on the balcony. The silhouette. The same one as was in the crystal ball. Only now he is his usual great height and breadth. He stands still, not even breathing. He reaches his hand up slowly, index finger extended, and he points to the computer on the table, which reads in large, white letters, stark against the black night mode of the screen. Talk to me here. 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 I search the skies and my soul every night for magic, for spirits, for visions. I close my eyes and speak to whoever will listen. And though I know I am heard in some ways, I wish for that merging that I write about so often. That freedom, that floating, that flying. Much of this story was true. The trees, the ladybugs, the crystal ball. And every image of something magical came to me in the moment as I thought it. And I took you on a journey with me, my listening friend, here this whole time, I hope. Some of it happened before my eyes, and some of it happened behind them. I want things that I know I should not ask for, and so I do not. I breathe through them. But he is always outside on the balcony, behind the glass, and within my little crystal ball. He reaches up a bony hand and I see glowing between his index finger and thumb a little crystal ball, the same size as mine. There's a little Kristen in there, at a desk, gazing longingly out her window. He taps against the crystal, and I hear my walls bang as though I were a fish in an aquarium. I tap my crystal three times, and he looks around himself, startled hearing it too. We run to the glass of the window, but cannot quite reach each other. Hands up against the glass. I can't open the door because he's pulling on it too. We're both trying to open the door from either side and so it stays shut. The reflection of my face is superimposed against his, shadowy as it is. I cannot tell which are my features and which are his.
have played this game before. I have told this story before. Forgive me. I'm trying to open a door. Or resist opening a door. I'm never sure which on any given day. Turn this off if that makes you uncomfortable, but I'm not afraid. I don't think you should be either. There was a time when the door kept unlocking and opening. It terrified me. Nothing terrified me more. But I'm not afraid anymore. I want it open. One of us must capitulate. One of us must trust the other enough to simply let go of the doorknob. There. I've done it. I will sit here and wait until that door opens. Maybe it never will. Open the door. Open the door, beloved. Open the door. 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 Hello everyone, thanks so much for joining me for episode 211 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is your host, writer, composer, podcaster, narrator, etc., Kristen Zaza. I hope you're doing well. I know I've been releasing episodes a little irregularly these days, and as chaotic, great, difficult, and lovely as October has turned out to be, I'm really grateful to be with you in this space here tonight. I hope you liked this little journey. I didn't answer a question tonight, that's sort of the way things needed to pan out this time, but if you have any questions for me that you might like to hear answered in an upcoming story, you can absolutely submit them on social media, or on Coffee or Patreon, wherever you like, really, just keep listening for a little more info. But this was a questionless kind of weekend, though I have a few saved up for later. It just struck me that maybe I should see what comes without a question. 
I thought maybe it would be interesting to explore that for a bit anyway. Big thank you as always to my patrons who support the show on a monthly basis. I really appreciate all that you do to help me keep doing this, my friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you'd like to support the show this way, you can receive access to my full soundtrack if you're a patron of $1 or more a month. For $5 or more um, US, that is, a month, you get that and access to a monthly tarot reading video I upload every full moon. Learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And if you'd prefer to donate one time only, you can buy me one or more metaphorical coffees at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And I have t-shirts and hoodies available at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. It would be extraordinarily helpful, too, if you left me a rating and or a review wherever you can. The most helpful places would be iTunes or Spotify, but hey, a shout-out anywhere would be fantastic. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or on Facebook and YouTube under On A Dark Cold Night, or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. Again, these are all great ways to give me a shout if you have a question or something you'd like to hear me explore in this castle. Thank you for listening. I'm going to do my best to have an All Hallowtide episode out for you next week. I think I should be able to. After all, it's a pretty rare thing that I can release an All Hallowtide episode on actual Halloween day. So um, I'm already working towards it. Thank you. I know I've said that a few times here. I'm just feeling particularly grateful for you listening with me. We do really strange things as humans, and I guess this is uh, the strange thing that I do. One of them, anyway. So I appreciate you staying for it. I appreciate you getting good rest for yourself. Try to find that quiet place beyond questions, crystals, faces, and bones. And I'll try to be there with you. And I'm sure we won't be there alone. Good night, friends. Sleep well. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.